Did you say cat shit? <laughs> Moo and good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Pink Tron. I am Brent Robinson, and I am joined by Steve Pritchard. Steve, what are you drinking? I'm very boring again, mainly because um, due to cat shit related traumas, I've been up since about two o'clock this morning UK time. So I'm on a Coke um, and I'm hoping not to fall asleep midway through the recording. Um, If I do, just shout loudly at me or something, I guess. Did you say cat shit? (laughs) Yeah, I think you're going to have to uh, recount the story again. <laughs> so basically, I was woken up at half two this morning by the cat meowing, which I shouldn't have ignored in hindsight, and then woken up five minutes later by my wife shouting at the cat because he was doing a shit on the on the shower mat. The, the easiest way to solve this problem was to throw the shit off of the shower mat like into the field out the front of the house uh, and leave the shower mat outside. That was the, the half to the morning. And it's the only way I could see to deal with this immediate problem. Uh, I, 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 I got to the door, flicked the shower mat as, as one would to, to, to remove something from uh, uh, the pile and then heard the noise of what, what could only be described as the, the plasticky noise of something slightly firm but a bit soft hitting something plasticky like a door. Um, so then spent about five minutes with the torch on my mobile phone looking for where this piece of shit had hit the front door uh, and, and cleaning that up. So, yeah, uh, and uh, I mean, for great for podcasts, but the little thing is sat behind me now like butter wouldn't melt in this meal. Um, so, yeah, fun times on the I, I, I feel <laughs> so much better about the cat puke I stepped on this morning. <laughs> I mean, I, I do also have a dog, and there's nothing worse than walking out to the front garden and forgetting that you might not have picked up a dog shit and standing in it. Uh, yeah. This is why I have like shoes, like three pairs of shoes by every door now. <laughs> yeah. All right. With me also is Chris Greenland. Chris, what are you drinking? Oh, uh, well, before that, the thing that I took away from Steve's story <laughs> is that we're going to get the little E explicit rating anyway for this episode. <laughs> So that frees up storytelling when it comes to HWR. But uh, yes, in retrospect, I am drinking Recovery Miller Lights. I have some water here because I did HWR race one. And it is December. uh, And we have cracked into, I had this, the Paul John a couple of weeks ago, Indian whiskey. They have a Christmas edition vintage last year. So I'm tasting that for the first time. It's a single malt, Indian single malt. And do they make Indian whiskey or like a different source grain than other types of whiskey? Or? No, uh, this brand is exclusively single malt whiskey. Yeah. Cool. All right. And with me finally is Sean Fogenberg. Sean, what are you drinking? Uh, I have a Stone Tangerine Express Hazy IPA. Nice. Uh, only, only because when I pulled it out, it was 1130 and I didn't want the double IPA from the mixed pack. <laughs> <laughs> You're not an alcoholic. It's fine. <laughs> and I have a uh, Township Brewing City Limits Craft Lager. Township Brewing is a local microbrewery, not Tokotoks, but just another town close to Calgary. It's a honey malt. I don't know. It's pretty tasty. And uh, in the not alcoholic justification, I literally stopped at the liquor store between offices. I was like driving from one office to the other. I stopped at the liquor store and stopped, <laughs> bought a beer just to drink on the Pink Tron. Nice. So you're not boring Brent today. Steve not is boring. boring. 
Nice. Yeah, I, n- I nearly stopped at a shop just to buy something to drink on the Tron as well. <laughs> and then, then I had to go and pick up my wife from a party later. So uh, might, that, that might get frowned upon. Oh, Fair enough. Fair enough. And things that make you frown. <laughs> HWR race one. <laughs> Very smooth transition. <laughs> like nails on a chalkboard. Perfect. <laughs> At least one of us raced it, Chris Greenland. Uh, it was a bunch of circles on Bell Lap. How many laps did you guys do? It was eight laps. Eight, eight laps of the eight Bell laps. Lap. Eight Bell Laps. How did and, look at, and look at this murderer's row of, of riders who did race one. Scorekeeper, Tyler O'Callaghan, Dan Manalo, Mark John, TJ. Yeah. How long? How long did you last with the front? Uh, I was invited to leave the front group uh, the second half of the third lap. After the the rollers, everybody kind of pushed on, and then on the downhill, like I was like, "Okay, guys, we're gonna take it easy now, right? Right?" And then it was just strung out in front. Um, I think I remember like TJ and Mark being with me and then being like oh shoot that group's going and just stomping on the pedals and making the break (laughs) i was like i'm already at max effort where how are you guys going deeper than this um so we formed group two at that point so i think i think it was lap three second half of lap three but i think it was a pretty big group two as well yeah i mean group one was i think 12 right 10 11 11 and, and we had another 13 or so in group two. Yeah, group two is like the the best of the worst. Um people that I should have been riding with anyway, like not <laughs> not that murderer's row. But I had it in my mind when I joined the pen. It was like, okay, it's only five laps. And then the race started, and it was like the it was like a Pac-Man thing across the top. I'm like, oh, that's more than five laps. Like that's <laughs> two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight laps. Like that's not good. It went pretty quickly, but it was, it was it was more than I thought I was getting into. Let's put it that way. How I guess we should just do the quick HWR is our weekly herd race in which all categories start at once and it's a scratch race first to the line. So when we're talking about why there's a murderer's row, it's because there are A's, A's pluses, big watt sprinters and everything all up and down the dial. So so was it was it like the hardest bit, the rolly bit into the climb up to the reverse sprint banner? Is that the yeah? Ugliness? That's where everybody went. So this would be yeah. raced much different in a different format. Obviously, um, usually we're used to doing like twenty four laps of downtown dolphin or bell lap with only the prime segment mattering, right? But with this, it's just first to the line, so people would kind of surge on the rollers. So pay attention there. People would push on the downhills. So pay attention there. And then I found like a uh, power up deployment was kind of strategic as well, because you have the mm-hmm. usual standard ones and it's like, where are you going to use that? You only get them at the lap banner, not at the, the, the prime banner. Oh, so it's okay. not like you got to burn it before you get there. And like the downhill is like, is the cobbled segment, right? So that's an uptick in rolling resistance. Am I right in that? A hair. Yep. Okay. Um, so I started saving my draft um, like van power ups for that little bit. And that got me almost to the lap banner um, arrow. You can kind of deploy that wherever you want to. And the, 
the only place that the feather was really useful was like as you enter the rollers and that's like the only uphilly bit that matters so oh uh, yeah it's longer and longer deployment now isn't it so like, having, yeah like bullseye this way round is super tough because you have to sprint the lap banner and then most people try and put the hurt on through the rollers and that little climb so it used to be just as you finish the rollers this is a climbing segment that was the best place to to hit the arrow um but yeah, so, so yeah, it's a tough it's a tough segment though, isn't it? The the other way around is a steeper climb, but it's a lot shorter. This is a, a bit of a grind, isn't it? So yeah, you're gonna be I think you described it as an FTP test before the uh, before we started recording. Didn't yeah, for I think for most people, like yes, it's going to be harder through that uphill segment, but it is like if you are not one of the people at the front, you're still going to be on the limit during the the like second half of the laps where you're coming downhill like i chris was it was it still pretty hard like all the way around or was it kind of harder on the front half easier on the second half get a bit of recovery and then go again no i felt like people were definitely pushing on the downhill at least until the front group like group one was established and group two we it, it seemed like we looked at each other and said okay we're not going to push ridiculously hard beyond the rollers but once we it was until group one was established it was definitely hard the whole way around for two and a half laps it's quite interesting psychology in that second and third group isn't it that we like you're not strong enough to catch the first group so all you're doing by going on the front is making it hard for guys on the back um so i find that with the second but the third group is where i normally end up <laughs> having finished in the second group once or twice like the you find actually people are, are hitting the bits hard that you expect them to hit hard, but then there isn't that kind of relentless like attacking and hitting different segments, like you say, the downhill hard. Like people know where the tough bit is, do the tough bit as hard as you can, and then do your best to recover. Yeah, the I mean, I think we don't really do the race commentary as much anymore, but uh, I feel like the the old standard was you know you're watching the race and then at some point the dumb stuff starts and the dumb stuff is really those people that are going to be in that front group just trying to hurt each other and they are doing that but mostly they're hurting everybody else i think there's a little bit of trying to i mean yes hurt the other guys that are strong but also drop make sure there's no like strong sprinters who, who yeah exactly exactly um what'd you take for a bite chris i just went full arrow i don't think there's an argument for anything else i'm sure if craig were here he would agree but i went venge uh disc wheels and that was fine and it's about it like looking at race one it's about a 20 minute ride for the fastest of the fast and generally you should be off the course by about 30 minutes so it's a quick one this week get in there and, and knock it out and enjoy yeah, I think kind of fastest Ds will do this in about three minute laps. So um, it could be like a 24, 25 minute race for them. Good. And, and good numbers in race one. I mean, 40, that's a, that's a good race. Yep. Yeah. Good job, everyone. Good, good. Moving on. Herd Beginner Racing. Herd Beginner Racing is our Ds only race series where we group people into categories C, D, and E within group D and it is a scratch race, meaning just be the first person to line. And we are doing Deuce France for that's a good course. Is it the full full Deuce France? 
11.3 kilometers. Yep. Looks like it's one lap. So which one's this? Is this the super flat aqueduct and then the intestines and back or? I think it's intestines first induced front. Sorry, is an RGV the flat and in intestines to end? I think That's so, yeah. I can never remember. <laughs> I can never remember which one's which. And I'm showing the full course as 24K. So this might be a shortened finish. Okay, so yeah, it's only it's not a full lap, 11.3 kilometer custom, which will take you looks like to the top of the aqueduct. That's a cool course. That is a cool yeah. course because it's going to be the the intestines get progressively harder, so they're a bit of a sort of rolly, kicky section. Um, in this direction, I think they get progressively harder. I'm trying to remember without looking online. <laughs> I think they get a little easier. I think the the yeah. biggest yeah. ones are to start off and then gets smaller. So yeah, it's the other way around, isn't it? So yeah, they're going to. They're going to get hard and then progressively easier. So that is a, if you need to burn an extra match to stay in the front group or to stay in your group, definitely do it because you then get a nice flat recovery bit. Um, and then you'll hit the aqueduct and that's, it, it's a con. It's really a sprint, isn't it? it? It's kind of quite low percentage. It's probably about a sort of 40 to one minute sprint. Um, one of those lovely, painful long sprints that, that um, some people seem to really enjoy. I don't know exactly where the banner is, so you'll have to watch for like when you hit the aqueduct, how much it is to the end, and you'll have to judge a little bit about if you're going to go from the bottom of the aqueduct because you can. It is, it is steep enough that if the finish line is where the aqueduct banner is or close to that, you can like win it on the hill, right? Like if you're if you if you go hard enough, you can break people and get enough gap that they can't just come around you on the sprint. Um, but if it's going to be like at the end of the bridge or a little bit on the downhill, you might need to just sit on the wheels and then try and take it at the end. Um, so you'll have to pay attention to that. I don't know exactly where 11.3 is going to put you, but it's right around there somewhere. Good uh, bike choice will be your fastest arrow, whatever you got. Um, if you got a good all-rounder, if you're new to Zwift, something like Canyon Air Road or uranium titanium or uranium nuclear what i don't know there's a bike called a uranium nuclear man no that's that, that can't be right that sounds like a bike <laughs> name uranium nuclear i'm gonna google that right now oh right. yeah it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that because we had to google it during the podcast before <laughs> For two years, I knew this. I knew this clearly. <laughs> uh, the pink tron, where you come for all the expert commentary. <laughs> all right, yeah. Other, uh, yeah. Other than stick with your group to get there. Watch out for the rolly stuff, um, and then be ready for that aqueduct hill to go for the end. Not much else to say, I think, about each BR climbers gambit, Chris. Yes, Climber's Gambit. That is our hill climb series. The only thing that matters is your time up the hill climb segment for that race. This We're weekend, starting, starting December to remember. <laughs> December to remember, sales event happening now. Um, the calendar gods and goddesses have blessed us with five weekends in December. So it's a five weekend series. We're starting off with Hilly Reverse. It's Steve Pritchard's favorite climb in all of Zwift. 
Uh, it'll be a nice intro slash prologue to the series. We are expecting. A, I mean, we were talking about this before we hit record, Sean. About a four and a half minute effort, depending on your your power and speed. Um, you hit the you start line at about five k. I hit the finish line at about eight k of figure eight reverse. So it's a pretty quick one this week. It is double header friendly, and hilly reverse as a climb. Starts off steady, gets really pitchy right at the start, at the right-hand turn. And then you get kind of some rollers, net climby stuff, but nothing too severe until the banner. Yeah, I like what West climbing Zwift. I like this one just because it's a, it, it is a good way to, it's a good workout climb. Uh, if you're doing like VO2 max intervals, it's a really good workout climb because it gets your it gets your heart rate up right at the beginning, and then you're just hang on holding yeah. on for the rest of that interval. Um, and that's how you're going to race this one too, because to get a fast time, you need to you need to do that pitchy part real real hard, and then just like whatever you can do for the flatter parts uh, in the middle. It's not really, you know, to get a fast time on a four minute effort, you're not doing recovery really you're just but you are going to be doing less of a less of a hard effort on the the flatter part um but yeah um interesting i've got a 411 on a climber's gambit on this yeah so yeah it's um yeah it's i mean it it probably it exposes where I'm bad at Zwift, right? So I, I even when I go up to be like at five minute powers where I really struggle and it's a classic four to five minute effort. I always got far too excited on the steep bit and then absolutely hate the bit, the, the, the rolly bit that's a bit flat bit downhill and you've just got to keep, like you've really got to keep power on to do a fast time there. And yeah, I hate it. It's a terrible climb. Um, I'd probably rather go and do the Alp um, and spend probably an hour and 20 minutes on that at the moment. Because uh, I know I can sit in time trial that, but yeah, five minute power. I I just find that such a hard pace to judge. I, I I know what I can do for about two minutes going nuts. It's at that time where I'm like, it it, it isn't for me. It isn't quite an all out effort to do the best time there because if I go all out, I'll just tie up and die. But uh, some people can do that kind of five minutes all out. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's Obenberg. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, that's not even, like, I wouldn't sit on my four-minute power. It's, you're oscillating between selling out to the point of not falling off your bike and then recovering actively and then seeing how far you can go again. And that's that's the tricky bit, I think, on this one. Yeah, I think you could take one, you could take two breaths after you peak the climb, right? There is a dip. So a dip. If, you, if you go, like, absolute all out to hit the dip, like... It down goes downhill, so the tension's gonna come off the pedals a little. Take two breaths, and then it's whatever you got in the tank from there. I think it's a TT bike. I think so. Yep, I think so too. Maybe if you're feeling you need some sort of concession to lightness, you put on the like NV seven point eights or something like that. All right, so it looks like uh, we did this one back in January. Um, I just want to. So average speed over 20 miles an hour. So definitely a, a fast climb. That's for a 424. Um, 
And pacing on that was, uh, yeah, really like, oh, 700, I did 700 watts on the, the steepest bit. So it was like uh, sprint up, um, get a little bit of recovery and then hold, hold like just below the like high threshold low vo2 for most of the the remaining bit until you get to that like final there's that final little kick where you can just you know pour pour all the rest of the gas on the fire empty the tank right out absolutely all right yeah good good and that will take us to the herd of mountain goats Royal Pump Room Eight. Boy, that's the least. That's I'll the least. I'll be Bologna three point five laps. Oh, have I have I missed it? Yeah, you blocked that one out. Oh yeah, there you go. Sorry, December second, Bologna <laughs> three and a half laps. My bad. <laughs> Not doing that one. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, yeah. Two and a half laps. Chris can only. Yeah, exactly. Chris will only do six. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is our draft on mountain climbing series race in the pack. Um, Bologna. Yeah, it, it it's one of those courses where it's going to be really important to be in a group on the flat um, because this all this is all about the hilly segment, right? Isn't it? So um, you'll catch the, there's quite a lot of flat on this course, and then a really short sharp hill. Um, what did the hills? I'm trying to work out probably around seven to 11 minutes of climbing, depending on where you sit. Um, so, and then you've got the rest of the lap really. So yeah, bike on this one, probably Tron. You're going to want something okay for the climb, but it's mostly flat and it's got a really fast downhill. So I think I would take Tron yeah. to start. And then if you get if dropped, yeah, if I'm in a group, I'll stick on the Tron. If I got dropped at the top, I might really think about putting a TT bike on for me <laughs> and then swapping back to a climber. Because I think you can save, like, especially that descent plus out and back. Like, that is about 10 kilometers of net downhill. Um, So I think you can almost save 10 seconds on a TT bike on that because you can get to 100 kilometers an hour on that descent on a TT bike for sure. And then like, like by the time you get back to the bottom of the climb, like you swap onto a climber and I, you could probably say 10 seconds. Like it's so steep. Yeah. Um, so, and it's three and a half, right? So yeah. So say... it's, it's a, it's going to be a long, I mean, that ends up being, what is that? Like 35 miles. I think the, each direction of it is about five miles is 8k right yeah yep yeah it's like 56 kilometers right mm -hmm. 16 times three plus another eight kind of think now that could be, it could be quite a long race that like it would be <laughs> yeah it's probably a 35 minute lap isn't it that's a it's a i would guess around two hours mm. because we you know, for the the Chris Greenland Memorial Fondo, uh, we did six and 
six and a quarter or six laps essentially. Uh, and it was over, like I did it in over four hours. I mean, you yeah. also did drink at the top of each climb. Didn't hey, you? hey now. <laughs> That's a performance enhancing beverage, I'm sure. Hydration is important. It was the best hydrated I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is really about that recovery in between. I mean, I would be in very, maybe you'd be at bottom zone two, but if you were in zone one, I don't think you should feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> like if yeah. You, do get, you do get a bit of time on the descent, but you're going to be like, there's no point going tempo in between. You're you're just gonna burn yourself out. Fun. All right, that brings us to Stampede is one lap of Champs Elysees for just double checking. I got nine point eight kilometers, so a lap of Champs Elysees is less than that, but it's got the long lead in, right? So you um. You start from the pens, and then you take the right-hand turn. And then, yeah, go under Jardin, uh, come out the tunnel, and then that's yep. when you hit the lap banner, isn't it? And that's one lap from there. So then you get the one, the the climb up to the sprint, around the Arc de Triomphe, down the hill, back under the underpass, and then into the finish. So it's um, It's actually a fascinating course, so I think that's not... I think you probably do this in under 20 minutes, like even as a, a C, like a, maybe yeah. D's just over, but C's I'd expect you to do it in a shade under 20 minutes. Um, so it's, you're going to be going slightly above FTP. And then also there's quite a lot of time to be gained by doing that climb really quickly. Like it's it's about two, 3%. I think it's a bit steppy, isn't it? But it, but it is a, it is a climb. Um, and it's, that like so i think you're going to want to step it up there and then try and recover a little bit on the way down but you're going to want to stay on the power a little bit so yeah i think pacing will be really interesting on this and getting that pacing right is going to be why well, is key with most time trials but i just going to be one where a little bit more thought about the pacing i think yeah i think probably on the climb um i would be doing about 120% of my 20 minute power I think is pretty close and then aiming for my 20 minute power for everything else uh, how are you doing that Brent on a 20 minute race well I mean I said <laughs> aiming for aiming for yeah I might, mean it, it will be it, but that's to be fair target. to be fair you probably finished this in 15 so you might be able to yeah. to do that but if you if you're uh if you're if you're doing this in a twenty minute, uh, approximately twenty minute time, you can't do one hundred and twenty on on the. Uh, yeah, you can try. Yeah, you can try. <laughs> and the thing is, is like really, if you have to take, if you have to come off it a bit, come off it on the descent, right? Go to yeah. like ninety percent, yeah, on the descent, and then gun it again when you get back to the flats. Yeah, yeah, I'd be thinking that as well. Like probably one hundred and twenty at the climb then recover as you feel you as long as you feel you need to recover because you've got a bit of a descent it's still pretty fast 
around that loop at the bottom where it's important you've got to be able to put the power back on is that climb out like that's where if, you, if you're not ready to go back on the power and carry your speed there that's that's where you lose a lot of time and then that's about okay to go and um hold on to as fast as you can until like don't be sick but <laughs> put the power down until the finish line there. i gotta say when i finished the uh, back aisle on stampede this week that one was a went deep just about died moment <laughs> Bleed from the, are we bleeding from the face yet? No it's bleeding. It's been dry, but no, no bleeding yet. It Maybe doesn't I'm count as winter enough. yet. It's not winter until Brett bleeds from the face. <laughs> That's fair. It's fair. We'll see how Bell Lap goes this weekend. <laughs> winter, winter ends when the uh, when the groundhog sees his shadow and begins when Brent starts bleeding from the face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right, and the bullseye this week is Classique Reverse. Nope. Yep. Yes. No. You have no idea because it's not updated on the spreadsheet. So, oh, uh... that's what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, the bullseye is happening this week on Wednesday, and it will be <laughs> a multiple lap event where you compete to be first across the line on various segments. So I could uh, message Brian again and see if I get the live update. <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, post it in the comments. My, my <laughs> guess is you'll probably want to be on an aero bike. Yes. <laughs> Our uh, bullseye event organizer has not deigned to inform the rest of us as to what the uh, bullseye route is this week. Because, yeah, last week was Seaside. I don't know. These people volunteering to do stuff in their own time, not doing their job. You can all have your money back. If you want a refund, please apply to William Chow at the thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We just lit our comments on fire. <laughs> Uh, I even I searched bullseye in the group. It doesn't seem like there's a bullseye schedule post. No, not uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be thinking about that until until Tuesday. That's they tend to go up sort of a day before, don't they? Day or two before most of the posts. So. Although I will say with Stampede, uh, James Bailey, friend of the podcast, set them all up in advance because they're on time trial thing, and I can't adjust the route quickly on time trial. I have to send it in so. Um, I did join Bullseye this past week because I had a gap in my work schedule on Wednesday morning. And the numbers were actually pretty encouraging. There were a good number of folks who seemed to understand the format. So that was good to see. Like maybe uh, hashtag save Bullseye is in full effect. Well done to everybody who's coming out for the sprint series. Terrific. Right then, does that take us to, to round the horn? I think I think we are in <laughs> rounders the horn. <laughs> it is it is rounders the horn uh, in honor of uh, Matt Freitas, who is is really really upset about the level of participation in triathlon, um, how low that is compared to the epic game of rounders. Which um, I mean, Brent, do you want to explain rounders to the, uh, <laughs> the non English audience? I mean. I've been told it's a cross between baseball and cricket, 
played on asphalt. That is what I know about rounders. And it is. I've never, I've never played it on asphalt. So like, it's, it's oh, basically was... a really small baseball, like baseball pitch. Um, so you run around a diamond, you score by completing a, a lap. Like in the rules we played, my wife still plays. Uh, there's a massive league on the campus she works on uh, in Oxfordshire. Um, uh, you get half a point for doing half a lap. You get a point for doing a full lap. It's mixed teams, so um, it's played with a tennis ball and like a quite like a a short baseball bat is probably the best way I can describe it. But similar rules that like you have foul lines. You can't you can't hit behind. Like you have to hit in front of play. You can be caught out. Um, I don't I don't like in baseball. You have three outs, don't you? I don't know how it works in softball. These are always timed innings. They tend to play, so you have ten minutes to score as much as you can, and then the other team has a go. See, um, when I when I think of rounders, I think of the 1998 film with Matt Damon, oh, Ed Norton, John Malkovich yeah. playing underground high stakes poker. But you know, <laughs> love it. I'm more Maybe impressed that's by what people are doing. But, uh, yeah. So uh, in in honor of that, anyway, we thought around the horn would be uh, pointless activities. Um, uh, so uh, I, I just want to give a shout out to the person in the comments on Facebook who has. Um, spent their time listening to the back catalogue of Pink John. Um so and apologies such as James Bailey drinks another Malbec um would be in that would be in that back catalogue. The amount of things that could have been achieved by humankind if the people who are listening to the Pink Tron and sharing their Spotify um top list listens on there and listening to our back catalogue. I don't know about we're not like we haven't got enough listeners that we're curing climate change, but I don't know. Maybe maybe there'll be some slightly better cyclists out there for not having spent their time listening to us idiots. Uh, I was I was really surprised to see uh, that. I think I think it might have been Mark uh, posted his his thing, and he was like, "I listened this much, and I was in the top four percent." And it was like, "Who are the four percent ahead?" <laughs> the guy who's catching up <laughs> well yeah exactly i think i had a look at that and i think mark listens to every episode um to be in the top four percent so there are people who are listening more than once <laughs> i'm amazed That's... that people get through once in entirety to be honest but to be doing it doing it again like maybe i don't know maybe people listen to it while they're on Twitter. oh no see it was only top 16 percent <laughs> i mean maybe what? it's a painful Makes Zwift less painful because you've got the pain of us in your ears as a distraction. I don't know. Yeah. Thank, thanks, man, for listening. <laughs> My top podcast was Lantern Rouge, which I didn't know about until I think, Sean, you turned me on to it maybe a year ago. Yeah. I was like, these guys know what they're talking about to the point where sometimes it's just like white noise in the background. Like, they're talking about stuff and I have no idea. I just tune out while Benji's talking for a while like, and so forth. Like, I don't know what you're saying, but it's cool. And occasionally I'll pick stuff up, but like that was my number one podcast. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good one to love it. I'm addicted to those guys now. This is the best that I don't actually use Spotify. And I clicked on the thing and it just went, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't either until there was like some intro deal um, like sometime earlier this year. I'm like, I should probably do that because my car will be Spotify. So it was way easier than Bluetooth in my phone for YouTube music. And it's worked out really, really well. I tune them out and it becomes white noise is probably one of the better reviews we'd have as this podcast. I think, first. That, would, that would, yeah. 
<laughs> in other pointless activities, I think, uh, Chris, you went really, really hard um, in race one and have still failed to get promoted to B. Uh, <laughs> and you'd, um, you'd worked out just how much Chris is sandbagging by and it's like point three of a what now or something, is it? This it's it's getting absurd at this point. Like I'm trying my best. <laughs> I'm literally like a rounding error. If the line were like a little bit thicker, um that that draws that barrier between B and C, like it would scoop me up and move me up into B, but it's just comical at this point. Um Sean, you worked out the numbers. What it, it's like So I think that the based on weight and the like I think 3.36 is the ZFTP cutoff. Multiplying that by his weight, we get 287.28 watts. And your current uh, FTP, like ZFTP, Chris, is? 287. So it's literally a rounding error. Yeah. And I'm a rounding error into C. So, uh, but I think, but I think that uh, a good effort on Hilly KOM tomorrow should bump you up based on the Z map. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try my hardest. And if it, if it doesn't, we are we are gonna rename you, and and you know what that name will be for us as well. I so. I think it's gonna be Kurt Jones, actually. I'm just I'm just scrolling through some uh, posts about some. Someone on Zwift who might be using alternate aliases. I think we're going to go with Kurt Jones. <laughs> Is that one of them, Kurt Jones? <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, if you don't know what we're... This is like the approximately 3,000% inside joke. So if you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> just uh, scroll through the uh, WTRL Facebook group and... and uh, if you're not blocked, you'll be. You'll be. I mean, it's the second. It's the second biggest way to waste your time. Um, <laughs> you will be number one. Listen to us. Number two, troll. Uh, look, look for certain people by trawling through uh, WTRL and Zwift and the newly created How to Cheat at Zwift Facebook page right here. So, uh, yeah, all, all very exciting. Sean, you actually had a proper thing. Should we finish with that? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, on, I was I was kind of looking through, you know, what what's going on on Zwift, and uh, was surprised and excited to see that the new uh, climb portal climb that was added is Old Lahonda Road, uh, which is it's a it's a benchmark climb for the Bay Area. Um, it's a about. 10, 15 minutes south of uh, Mountain View, south of Stanford, um, and is a like really great climb up Redwoods. I've driven up it, I, but never uh, never gotten out there on my bike. Um, but it is driving distance from me, and I think I might uh, be interested in doing an effort like a testing myself on the. Swift version, and then seeing how close I can get on the real life version. It's a 5.6k, uh, 395 meter climb, so should be somewhere in the 20 to 25 minute, probably closer to 25 minute range for me. Um, yeah, interested to 
kind of get a direct comparison of a Zwift climb to a, an IRL climb. Um, I know, Steve, you probably have had the ability to go ride at least one uh, of the Zwift climbs IRL, or as as Brent would say, in meat space. Space. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. any other, you guys have any climbs that you like riding uh, out in the real world that you would like seeing in Zwift? I'm, I'm a bit boring here. So I think that I, I probably, I've ridden Von 2 twice now in Zwift. Um, I'd go and if someone said to me, hey, let's go ride Von 2, maybe not tomorrow because it's really cold. Um, but like that's something I could just drive and do in the summer. Um, I know some people that have gone there and done all three ascents in a day. That's quite fun. I don't really want to do that on Swift because it's kind of a long time sitting in my shed. Um, like I kind of w where you are, like I might do a tester to be like, oh, I could like let's see how it compares. But I think once I've done that once, I wouldn't feel the need to do that with with lots of climbs. I do. I think as as the person who's faithfully listened to the back catalog will know, um, I do wish Swift would make it more possible to play with geography. So it would be quite fun to do some of the shorter climbs that are quite famous and then like through the magic of a tunnel or something like that, like they do with um, the London world, like you portal through to another climb. So you could actually put some back-to-back -back climbs that are geographically really challenging to do back-to-back -back, uh, or, well, not challenging, they're impossible to do back-to-back -back because of geography. But um, yeah, I think I kind of, is, is it, uh, there's some other things that offer the, like, the magic roads um, and that's just, not something that's really appealed to me. I like I like the racing element of Swift. I like the gamification. I know that's I, I sit at one end of an extreme on that, but yeah, not not one for me. I don't think. Uh, the actually one of the the previous climb portal climbs was, uh, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation because it's Scottish, uh, but Bilak Naba. Um, I don't know if you know that climb or have done it. No, okay, it's a it's apparent it's a I I looked at the kind of real life climb and it's a beautiful climb, one of the biggest climbs that you can get in Scotland. I think that's I mean that's just how my brain works a bit. I think like the the difficulty I have with the climb portals is that's where Zwift really feel starts to feel like a training program. Um like basically there's some bits that are hard, there's some bits that are less hard. Um and I've got a time that how long this workout will last. Um I think what I like about the Alp, um, particularly the Alp, the Alp is so iconic a climb, and like they've they've actually designed it really well. So you see the times up between the curves, like everyone knows it's twenty one hairpins. You've got segments in there, kind of there. They're incentivizing you. You've basically got twenty one chances to complete something to win as you climb up that. It's it's really cleverly designed. I think. I think for me with the portals, like. As you say, Sean, like I'd, I'd love to go. I, if someone said you can teleport to a climb and go and do that because it's really beautiful, I'd be like, "Wow, let's go do that!" Like that sounds really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Like in two dimensions, is is that, that excites me that much? Um, well, because there's some there's some pretty famous climbs in the states as well. I know some of the guys at work have just gone and done Mount Lemon. Like, are there things like that that you'd like to see added? Like it's it's been quite European dominated the the climb portal, hasn't it? So. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of why I was excited to see uh, Old Lahonda added. Um, you know, a, a twenty-minute climb that that a lot of people in California know of. Um, 
but yeah, I think, I mean, Chris has done lemon in real life. I don't know if that's a reasonable thing to add to Zwift since it's, I mean, it's longer than Von 2. Yeah, it's a beast. Like, oh, really? I, I wouldn't sit in my garage and do that. Um, looking at La Honda, like that, what is it, like 5K at 7.5%, like that's reasonable. That would be a good one to do virtually and live. Yeah. Uh, Mount Baldy is one that I know, like, back when we used to have the Tour of California, RIP, that's one that they went up, and that's, call it 20K at 7%, that would be a good one. It's a rough, that's a long climb. Yeah, and then we have Palomar Mountain here, which is like 20K at 7%, a lot of switchbacks, like that, that's a fun one to do live, that would be cool to see, but that's one I can drive to. Um I want to, well, I mean, in terms of like stuff like I can't drive to, I mean, I want to see like Javi from Kona, right? That's the climate on the Kona Ironman course. I I mean, I'd love that they put all the Kona Ironman course in. I think that'd be a really cool thing to have in uh, Zwift as a route all by itself. Uh, but if they put hey, the Javi climb in climb portal. That's that's a genuinely interesting point. So what, what are the climbs that, I'd say there's a bit of beef, not beef, but like there's a bit of controversy with Kona, right? That loads of people go to the islands, like it's uh, it's not very good for the environment to have all of those people there. Lots of people go there because it's so iconic. So it, like if if it's something you put in the virtual world, would that be more harmful or, or more good? Like people can go and do that and experience that, but would there more people want to go and do it in real life or in meat space, as you say? Um, and that has a problem. But yeah, I, 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 that would be cool. Like a a virtual Kona, Mount Fuji, which was mentioned, like that that climb that was in uh, the Olympics. That that sounds quite cool as well. It's I, people keep thinking that it's going to get added at any any day now, right? Yeah, it's always surprising what they add, right? Like I don't know. I if you would have told me that the next thing that's going to add is a giant long flat piece of road that covers from the bottom of the jungle, like. A, the sorry, the turn in the jungle is going to be in a cave. Like uh, that blew my mind the first time. Like this is the spot in the whole game they decided where the turn was. The stuff at the end of the roundabout made more sense because it's a, literally a roundabout. But anyway, like I just that that blew my mind that that's what they added. It was basically a long flat to rolling stretch of road for twenty five kilometers or something, whatever it is through there. I, I would guess that that's kind of built around the like if you if you look at where people actually ride, like add more more beautiful roads that that are like the kinds of roads that people actually ride on Zwift. Like oh, I'm I'm sure that's like oh look at people ride Tempest and TikTok and you know flat route and waistband and all this stuff all yeah. day long. It's like all right, people just really want 25 more kilometers of flat roads. So okay. It's, it's not the jungle. not necessarily what uh, racers want to see, but you know. Yeah. And I mean, it's, yeah. maybe it's marketing as well. Like, I, it's funny what you say about Haley Reverse being like a good workout course. Like, I one of my friends doesn't race on Zwift yet, but he, quite, he gets on there and does workouts and said, "Oh, I don't really like the workout function, but let's meet, do a meetup. We'll do four laps of Hilly." And basically, when we get to the calm, we'll smash the calm, and then we'll sit in zone two and chat the rest of the way around, and then we'll smash the calm next time we get to it. So you're 
it's like two to three minute smash rest and then you do the rest of the lap and it took us about an hour to do four laps which was just fun like maybe maybe if a, a few more courses designed around like this is a this course is designed to give you this workout so whether like bologna it's 20 minutes maybe it's a 35 minute lap with a 10 minute all out effort in it or however you want to describe it and then design roads or pick famous hills that, that do that as part of that workout would be fun um yeah, local. I don't, in, I guess, but. It's funny. I think it's because, like, in terms of like you say that things are European focused. I mean, that's just where bike racing is focused. So, like, you talk about like iconic climbs. Like, I don't like this yeah. tour of tour of California have an iconic climb. Mount Baldy was the Baldy was I, one. They did. Uh, they did either, climbs. Like I those think were Baldy and and going up to Lake Tahoe from the valley, yeah. which is but the like both of those are. I, I think in enormous climbs that are bigger than anything that you like that you race in europe usually yeah like bigger than von two or alp oh wow okay like uh the the climb up to tahoe is like 30 miles long oh okay yeah all right <laughs> yeah we don't, we just don't when have they were talking about adding climbs weren't they so we were looking at uh frame famous french climbs and the, the the alpine climbs tend to be really long and not hugely steep so like the Galibier is really long um it's mm. not it's never massively steep but that's what i think that's what makes the alp a bit different it's it's fairly short time with the hairpins and the steep sections in it um i think with the italian climbs they tend to be a bit shorter and a bit steeper same with the what the, the spanish climbs as well from the welter but yeah the french alps are quite like they're not very pointy <laughs> They're all, they all look like table rounds. Um, yeah. I mean, we've got some places like where people ride bikes and it's cool, but there's no bike races there, right? Like there's some yeah. places in like Banff National Park where like people would ride up to like Lake Monomaca or Lake Louise, that type of thing. But th there's never been a bike race up there because it's National Park and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah. Have you guys ridden the Puita Dome climb portal yet? No, I quite want to give that a go. Right, that that looked like a really silly climb. It's it's quite like a thing. Like I I kind of after I do a stampede or a climber's gambit or something, it's quite normal that I'll like pick a climb portal to do like after. Right, you kind of go to the little zone one to get to the bottom of the climb, and then do some zone two, three to get to the top of the climb, just to get some volume in and whatever else. But every time I see Puerto Dome come up, I'm a bit like, uh, maybe I'll just ride something <laughs> flatter. <laughs> Uh, yeah, speaking of, uh, doing something else around your, uh, your races, um, I think that tomorrow I, like, I'm, I'm back into doing the, the doubles. So, uh, last week was a rough one having to do a full 25 minute, like FTP test and then go do VO2 intervals up, uh, the, the like gravel climb. Uh, I think this week is going to be uh, a similar but but different challenge where you've this week will be an all out five minute test and then you know you get a lot more recovery in between uh, but then a twenty minute test afterward so uh, yeah interested in seeing how that goes tomorrow and that is the double header of climbers gambit and HWR yeah. On 
Okay. So last week it was Innsbruck into City in the Skur. Yeah. Laps last I didn't do HWR last week. Uh it was two laps, but it's three climbs up the gravel climb. Okay. And then two up the other way. So it's uh-huh. five climbs, two laps after a 20 minute plus six minute. Yeah. Six minute. Okay. Yeah. Did and you sir, did you say minute. your second second group or third group, Sean? Uh last week I was not in either. <laughs> I was like <laughs> Solo <laughs> uh, I think I ended up in like third, let's call it third group, but uh, it, you know, I, sh- I, I definitely saw which group I should have been in going up the road on the first climb. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like in the, uh, you know, you ride with people in, in HWR regularly enough that you're like, yeah, I, I should be able to stick with that group and, it is it is a little uh disheartening when you're like on the first of the five climbs and you see them riding up the road. It's like, wow, well, I know I know why this is happening at least. <laughs> and talk us through um your new riding space there, Sean. I know I asked oh, you about it. Yeah, so moved, moved. Uh so used to used to ride in the living room with a projector. Uh and like would would set up there, but um, here I've been um, just setting up in front of my computer here. Um, so got my bike just sitting in the in the corner, and uh, I set the trainer up, bring it over, and and set up. Uh, I Brent, you had actually mentioned that uh, turning off the screenshot function might be something. So since I'm running it on my computer with multiple monitors uh i sometimes get this like weird slowdown every few minutes and i'm wondering whether that's the screenshot or like video is there a way to turn off just the video screenshot stuff that might be it anyway honestly i think that might be a good idea to like turn some of that stuff off so that i can like yesterday, I watched a movie and did two hours with Maria. Yeah, I need to do more of that volume stuff. Unfortunately, there's been some reality stuff in the way. Oh, well, it's cool, guys. There's, um, well, I'm still astounded people listen to us, which is always really nice, isn't it? But um, well, those, we... those things I'd actually like to hear from other people from. So, like, what do you think about climb portals? Where would you like to see? Like climbs added or bits added to Zwift. Like what? What are the stupid things you're doing? Like that back to back sounds horrendous and like and, and ridiculous. Sure. Well, uh, so speaking of some ridiculous things, uh, there were a couple people who did 500k uh, on. Oh, yeah. I think it was on Thanksgiving. A couple herders, Jeff Heisler, Jeff Heisler. Yep. Um, yeah. If it's a ridiculous thing in the herd, it's like a 50% chance it's Jeff Heisler. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and another ridiculous things you can do, like to help more people hear this podcast. So, like, give it a like, share it with people, yeah. um, smash that like and subscribe. There you <laughs> go. We'll make a we'll make a pro out of Sean yet, yeah. but, uh, but do do it post. It genuinely in the does help, apparently. But who knows? Like, give us a one star rating. Maybe let's let's make this like just write the comment "moo" in the comments section. Like, make it entirely meaningless and see if that breaks the algorithm anyway. So. 
Yeah, we do. Notwithstanding our joshing, we do appreciate everyone who listens, everyone who comments in the comments, and um, everyone who races with the herd and rides with the herd. So thank you to everybody. And with that, we will say thank you to Steve Pritchard. Thank you to Chris Greenland. Thank you to Sean Bogenberg. Enjoy your races, everybody, this weekend. Moo and good night. You guys, good night.